My name is Abby, and I welcome you to the Evolving Love Podcast. Whether you are happily monogamous or polyamorous or anything in between, I welcome you to join me in these conversations with my husband and other special guests. On this podcast, I will be sharing my perspectives and experiences in consensual non-monogamy from the last eight years. Let's begin. In today's episode, we will be answering questions from our listeners, including what are the etiquettes behind dating somebody who is already in an established relationship, how to meet other non-monogamous people, our approaches to jealousy and envy, and a story about what happens when your iPad accidentally syncs up with your partner's naughty messages with another person. Welcome to episode four of the podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. How about you? I am also very excited. I'm really glad that we put the message out asking for people to send in their questions via voice memo. It's been really great. We've got a bunch of questions that we are going to answer today, which is very exciting. But before we get started, I want to talk about a funny non-monogamy moment that happened to us last week. There are sometimes just funny non-monogamous things that happen. And it did happen in bed, but not what you're thinking. It was not what you were thinking, dear listener. Oh my gosh, it did happen in bed. Okay, so let's quickly go back to last week. We were on a little getaway for your birthday and we're in the mountains and we're having a lovely time. We wake up in the morning and you get a notification, I think, on your phone that your iPhone had put together a little like memory video for you. You know how on the iPhones they sometimes ran... Oh, because it was your birthday. Exactly. That's why. That's why. It was your birthday. So it put together this little, you know, what is it? A montage? Yeah, a little collection of, of memories that obviously iPhone somehow goes through the camera roll. I don't know how this works, but it seems like pretty pretty next level. But it goes through the camera roll and then collates different photos and videos to make this beautiful, wholesome little uh, little reel. It was so funny and it was lovely and it was really wholesome. You know, they had the, mu- the music playing and these photos where they're slowly zooming in and out and all these little memories and family photos and the whole thing and we're laying in bed and we're just enjoying it. And we're, oh, you know, look at this past year. It's been so beautiful. And then the final video that they played that was must have it was in your regular camera roll was a video that a partner of yours from Melbourne had sent to you a few weeks ago and it's this like sexy video of her unbuttoning her top and I just cracked up laughing I was like oh my gosh this is hilarious also that is not me yeah, it was it was in pretty stark contrast to up until that point in the video, which was probably about a minute long. So it was all these cute little family photos, all these cute little selfies that we'd taken together as a family, and then bam, bam, the, the final the final little uh, icing on the cake was was a really hot video that was not of you. <laughs> it was really funny, and. I mean, when you were watching that video, were you laying there waiting for something to pop up? Because I was. No, no. Well, the algorithm somehow had done such a good job of just collecting through the whole camera roll of all the cute photos of us as a family or, you know, like family, little family pics. And then suddenly just... Just full raunch. Apple, I know. Apple just sprinkled the, the spice on top of it. I know. You know. I love how it was also the final video. It was. It, it was, was, yeah, it was. It really, 
you know, took it there. It was so great. I ended up, after I finished laughing and then managed to make my way downstairs and make a cup of coffee, I was still giggling away. I sent her a message in Melbourne, a, a little voice memo telling her all about it, and she thought that it was absolutely hilarious. So that was funny. Well, this is one of the, the, the trickiest things for us is that our camera roll is basically a minefield. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people find this nowadays if, if they do indulge in, in taking selfies, if they do partake in that particular um, particular uh, uh, escapade. Love a selfie. Love a selfie. But uh, the, the camera roll is, is a, basically a minefield. And so I used to have an Android and on Android they, they had a secure folder, which I just put everything into. But now that I've got an iPhone, I have to use the hidden folder, which means that I manually have to move all the slutty photos from the camera roll into this hidden folder. And if I forget to do it, it, it could result in disastrous consequences. You are so well organized. That's great that you even do that. I mean, I feel like I'm so far behind with that. It's a bit overwhelming for me. It's like a task that has to happen at some point. But wow, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you want to reminisce, then you can just go straight to the hidden folder. and It's just like this treasure trove of, of, of heavenly delight. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. But yeah, it is a funny thing. Speaking of devices, I will mention another interesting thing that has been happening. I don't know why this is happening, but on my iPad, so you have an iPad, I have an iPad, you know, separate to our laptops. Uh, for some reason, your phone is synced up to my iPad. So I guess this is how a lot of people find out when their spouse is having an affair or something. Mm. For monogamous people find out there's an affair happening. When I log into Wi-Fi and I sit down and I'm writing in a cafe, which I do all the time, constantly hang out in cafes at any free moment to write, the the dings come down of the messages from other women that from women who are texting you while I'm sitting there trying to focus on my work. It's really, it's really funny because it doesn't just come down saying that there's a message. It like comes down. I can like see like mm. half a sentence of a message. Anyway, it's pretty funny. I find it funny. I don't read them, but I do. I promise you I don't read them, but I find them really funny. <laughs> yeah. We probably have to disconnect uh, my iMessage from your, uh, from your, from your iPad. It's kind of exciting, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little reminder, a little compersion reminder. It is a compersion reminder. It is mm. really good. I feel like it's always a nice moment when that happens in a non-monogamous relationship. I feel like that is what trips a fair few people up in monogamous relationships. The devices. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. That's that's why that that whole thing about like hiding, taking your phone to the bathroom. You know that old, that old classic tale of of how did you know your partner was cheating? And then they go, oh well. I just saw him take his, his phone with him wherever he went and he just would pick it up off the table and would never leave it in my presence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that reminds me of uh, an ex-boyfriend that I had years and years ago, sort of after I had a long-term relationship uh, from when I was a teenager into my early 20s. Um, but then I had another boyfriend sort of between that long-term relationship and my relationship with you and we weren't together for very long, maybe six months or so. But I remember one time he left my place and he left his jacket under the bed. And then in his jacket pocket was a phone that I had never seen before. And it was like an old school phone. And he had a secret burner phone for cheating. Oof. 
Oof. It was so wild. I'd completely forgotten about that until just now when we were talking about it. But yeah, and of course I went into it. There was no password on it. It was like an old phone. And uh, yeah, that's where I discovered. Rookie era. I know. Yeah, it was really interesting when he was trying to explain his way out of that one. But yeah. Well, sadly for me, I uh, I remember when we first started uh, reminiscing about old partners of yours because I, I I love to hear all the tales, all the all the the exciting tales, and I said, oh, I'd love to I'd love to check out um, some of your old phone messages and and see see what you were saying to your <laughs> to your partners. Oh, yeah, you love that. You're like compersion in retrospect. Exactly, exactly, and and uh, <laughs> and 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 then you 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 shared the news with me that sadly. At the end of all the relationships, you deleted. You'd kind of scorched earth everything, and there was no no remnants to be seen. I know. Well, I thought that I did that out of respect for you. Little did I know. Little did you know that <laughs> I'm actually just a deviant. <laughs> okay, so today we have some really thoughtful questions that people have sent in. So we we won't be able to answer all of them today. We'll get through as many as we can, but uh. Should we get? Should we just get stuck into it? Yeah, let's listen to our first question. Okay, I'm going to be try to be as clear and concise as possible, <laughs> but I might start with a story and then I might ask the question. So, recently, very recently, um, there is a person, a guy in an open marriage, who I met recently. And very naturally, uh, we live in a small place. And I asked him out because he was talking about being on Hinge and things like that. And I was like, well, save the swiping and I'll, like, I'd love to grab a drink with you. So we've been messaging back and forth. Um, and on Saturday, I asked him out. And on Sunday, I kind of, you know, confirmed via text uh whether he'd like to grab a drink this weekend and his response was you know that would be great I just have to check with my wife and it made me think like oh gosh for me this is very simple like for me this is a fun dating experience he's a really charismatic guy I've never really dated anyone like him or been on date with anyone like him but of course for me, in my head, I'm, this journey is quite simple. It's like fun, dating, you know, maybe sex, and you can go home to your wife. <laughs> um, and the journey will have some sort of expiry date, and that's totally fine with me. So for me, this is like a really fun experience, one with probably an expiry date, and that's totally fine. That's definitely what I'm looking for, just casual dating, casual sex. Um, but it did make me think... And my question to you uh, is how do you involve that other person? What kind of involvement or questions do you need to ask? Um, obviously, every relationship is different. Every boundary is different and those things can change. But are there some kind of go-to questions that you ask when you are dating or seeing someone who is in an existing relationship or marriage? This is so exciting. Um, this yes, is a great question. It's a great question. I would say uh, 
some things to ask straight away would be, you know, what does non-monogamy look like for you guys? What are you looking for something more casual? Are you more polyamorous? Are you looking for something that's maybe like a shared experience? You know, would perhaps he might be looking for something that's more inclusive of his with his wife as well. You just mm. never really know. It's I would say just be as curious as possible. And then depending on how comfortable you feel, I would say, you know, would your, if we did go on a date at some point, would your wife perhaps want to be in contact with me? Would it be nice if I sent her a message saying hi and introducing myself? Um, yeah, something along those lines, but definitely just being very curious because it is, you know, it is dating differently because there is that other person there who might not physically be there, but they're definitely there in the situation as well. And striking up those kind of like very clear lines of communication. It feels like this is right at the very beginning of this kind of like start of what could potentially kind of evolve into something. Um, so yeah, just being as curious as possible, asking questions of, of him. Obviously, if he's got like a hinge profile and he's out there dating, him and his partner presumably have you know, talked about this a bunch and they've got their own kind of way that they're approaching it, like their boundaries, their rules, what they're comfortable with, what they're uncomfortable with. Hopefully they've, they've had those discussions. Um, so if, if she reflects, you know, that care um, right back to them, then obviously um, his partner is going to feel really safe as well, knowing that the, the person that her partner is engaging with um, you know, is really is really open to this type of communication, and also really sensitive to to their relationship, because um, I think something that you can feel as a partner um, when when your partner starts dating. Certainly, I felt this when you started dating other people that I didn't know. Is I just needed that reassurance that you know they're a really cool person and they're respectful of me, and they're not coming in and trying to be a cowboy or a cowgirl. I think. Yeah, having having somebody be curious about the partner as well. Yeah, exactly as you've said. I will say for me personally, it is a little bit of a a little bit of a I wouldn't say like a red flag, but if if I'm chatting with somebody and they have minimal interest in you, I'm like pretty much tapping out. Mm. But sometimes people yeah, sometimes People don't necessarily like some some guys that you might be interacting with might think it is the respectful thing to do by not having that that really open communication in regards to to, to me like by including me they they might think oh well maybe she actually wants something maybe they have an uh, an arrangement within their relationship within our relationship where um, it's encouraged for you to have these like very separate experiences from me um, so they can feel respect uh, like they're trying to be respectful by not necessarily um, you know including me straight out of the gate for us uh, we usually communicate very quickly that it's something that we we are very inclusive about um, certainly with communication and and I like to have you know um, not necessarily like a deep friendship with with a metamore but I love to to really get to know someone um, who's dating you because I I you know I care so much about you and I want to make sure that you know I, I still have that feel all those kind of like protective protective feelings so if someone you know if a potential partner you know is expressing uh, is not necessarily including me um, that's just a question of us actually just communicating it immediately um, that that's that's not really our style so so just talking to this this new potential partner of yours um, 
you know, just saying I'm open to any types of communication with your partner if that's what you guys want or um, just let her know that, that if she ever does want to talk to me about about anything, whether, um, you know, as a, a relationship potentially develops, um, I'm happy to embrace that. I always, you know, from our, from the way that we do things, I guess, you know, we're hearing this and then you can't help but sort of put, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the partner. Mm. Uh, I always just love you know, a bit of communication around with everybody sort of as soon as possible because that's the way how we, that's the way we practice our non-monogamy. We don't yeah. do such a separate don't ask, don't tell or anything like that. So I always like for there to be some communication earlier on with a potential metamor. I think that's really positive and nice and doesn't have, you know, I don't have to, if it's you dating somebody else, I don't have to be so involved or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a group chat between the three of us or anything like that. Uh, you can have your own space, but I do like to have a little bit of contact and communication. Um, but that's also definitely developed. That certainly, if, if we look back to when we first started exploring these types of things, it was, it was very, very, like everything was in a group chat. Everything was like very uh, kind of combined, wasn't it? Well, I would say that it was very heavily micromanaged by me, mm. your connections with other women for, for quite a long time, really, only up until pretty recently. It was something that we've sort of over the years have sort of opened up and remained open, but sort of as far as the communication with other partners and you, I was still very sort of heavily involved with that, like having a bit of a bird's eye view over the situation. Um, I've since released myself from that and feel much happier for it and you are too so that's why you're getting all those i messages dropping down your ipad i know i'm so ready for them now i feel like i wasn't quite there you know however many years ago definitely not so i think also finding out how long they have been open for is important because it's definitely a journey. Obviously, everybody does it differently, but it can be a bit of a journey for us. You know, you having such independence to to meet a girl out and, you know, me having not met her and you forming something, it took us quite a while to get to that point, which is, which is fine. It's okay. We've- and it's also very situational. I feel that if... If we were to certain situations, if I were to meet someone just kind of very organically and just strike up a conversation and get someone's number and potentially ask them out on a date, um, there would definitely, that would be a conversation that we would be having as a situation was unfolding. Just kind of checking in, I'd I'd be making sure that you felt really comfortable with it um, and you'd kind of be checking in with yourself and telling me, you know, if there was anything coming up for you that, that you were uncomfortable with. I I also feel like even just hearing that now, you know, this is why I like the idea of a bit of community building in non-monogamous spaces as well, because if you were to go out and meet a girl, which is totally possible, but she might be a monogamous girl, it's a very different way of thinking. So, you know, even now that I'm open to it, I would feel much more comfortable now with you meeting somebody on Hinge or somebody who I know is in the non-monogamous community because I know that they think about relationships differently. Mm. And I think that if you were to date a monogamous girl, that would probably be quite tricky for me. Um, Not impossible, but I would definitely, if you were dating a a monogamous girl, I think I would want to really meet with her and have conversations with her. Mm. Then, you know, if you were dating a non-monogamous girl, I think I would feel comfortable, you know, 
just being a little bit more separate from it because I know she gets it because it's a totally different way of dating and experiencing relationships. Well, even this morning, talking about building a community, we received a, a message from some friends of ours who, who now live over in Perth and uh, and she sent us a message saying, oh, thanks for hooking me up with this this uh, this particular gentleman friend of yours. Uh, we went on a date last night and had an amazing time. Thanks so much for the for the for the kind of the recommendation. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point, especially with, you know, we talk a lot about people being busy, you know, and that there's a lot involved with, yeah, finding the time to message people, build up communication, do all of that. There's also the element as a woman of safety and, you know, you, like it's it's a big thing to be trusting somebody to, to go on a date with them for any woman in general, um, mm. you know, and then also in this world as well. So... Yeah, I, I really love the idea of actually being able to vouch for, for for different partners or being able to um set potential set people up. You know, he was a partner who I'd connected with years ago and lives in Brisbane and sort of more of a comet partner. And I I think we put them in touch maybe over a year ago now and with COVID and everything that's been happening, they hadn't met yet, but you know, he was in he was over her side for work and so they were able to get together and yeah so it's sort of that's sort of what I mean by community building it doesn't necessarily mean by you know catching up all the time and being in this group of friends that are always having a you know a lunch together on a Sunday afternoon it's like it's also online community it goes for over years yeah yeah and going back to the question, I feel like this particular listener who also has an incredibly good, I hope they have a podcast because she would crush the podcast game with a voice like that. She's got a hot voice. A very hot voice. Um, but she is also kind of like the perfect, She's de- how she was describing what she was looking for and having these like really great experiences. Um, she, she, from the perspective of the couple, um, is kind of like the perfect partner for him. If that's what they're looking for, um, you know, she's she's super respectful of the other people, um, you know, of him and, and the wife. Um, and she's also kind of knows what she's looking for. Like she said, um, you know, I'm really interested in like a casual thing, um, a sexual thing, but also, you know, just to keep it kind of, you know, not, not too heavy. And, and, and I feel like that's, certainly in when we're kind of connecting with new female partners or anything um you know different people are looking for different things and if that aligns with what uh with what the other um you know with the, this new potential partner of hers um it's kind of the perfect situation for for them as a couple meeting this new really awesome uh awesome girl with a really hot voice <laughs> yeah Definitely. If that's what they're looking for, who knows? They might be looking for a very polyamorous, heavily attached connection. You never really know. But from my perspective... sister wife. (laughs) From my perspective, you know, this would be ideal because... And this sort of comes Mm. back to the dating of monogamous people. Because if you're dating somebody who wants to find their own family you know, if it's a girl who wants to find her own husband to have her own family and mm. children with and all of that, you know, maybe this isn't the right mm. the right type of situation to be dating somebody who is already married and has a family. 
Yeah. And from the couple's side of things, um, you know, that's something that we, because we have uh, in the past had lots of situations with, with single um, single females or, or females who are in kind of open relationships, um, but kind of playing with them just, just by themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's really reassuring when we know that they know exactly what they want. You know, it's that that's a huge red flag for us as a couple. If we're kind of meeting, meeting with someone and, and they can't explain what they're looking for as well as the listener who um, asked us the question kind of uh, explained. I hope that she'll keep us updated. Yeah. I mean, I really want to follow up a follow up update to this to this uh, this juicy possible uh, possible adventure. Yeah. So exciting. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next question, which uh, we received uh, via Instagram. We can now receive voice memo questions, and I've I've done a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials and figured out how to download them onto the computer uh, from Instagram. Um, but it means that we can uh, receive kind of these these beautiful questions from all over the world. So we're going to get into our next question now. Here it is. Hello, I have a question for the podcast. So I am single and poly and it's a whole new experience because I was in relationships for like 14 years straight. And so it's a very different experience being poly and single. And I'm looking for like tips. It's like really hard in the dating world now to be poly and single. And I just, I'm, I need help. Thank you. Great question. I would say, well, first of all, I mean, I'm sort of intrigued, you know, poly and single. I feel like, you know, what what type of poly? I'm I'm sort of curious. It's like, are you poly, you know, identifying as solo poly, which is sort of your first and foremost relationship, your primary relationship is with yourself and then other partners are secondary to your to yourself. Uh, which is which is a really beautiful way of experiencing polyamory, or are you polyamorous and looking for that primary partner? Uh, but first of all, I want to say that it it is actually quite tricky to to find connections with people and community. A lot of people think, oh, I'm polyamorous. That means you know because I can date more people, I'm going to be able to date more people. Your dating pool actually gets smaller once you're polyamorous because most people are monogamous, and it's a totally different philosophy around love and relationships and dating. So I totally understand how all of a sudden it's it's a little bit trickier to meet people because some, you know, so many people, if you're dating, you know, depending on if you're on platforms like Tinder, it will be pretty tricky to, uh, you know, you have to sort of wade through the monogamous people to find other like-minded folks. So getting in, you know, immersing yourself into more polyamorous spaces and dating sites for that. I know Field uh, is wonderful. Um, in America too. And, and is in America as well. And we have used Field in America many years ago too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I know that through FetLife there are, are poly munches that happen, I think, in nearly every city Everywhere. Antarctica, I'm sure there's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's probably a poly munch happening in the deep south somewhere. I don't know about that. But yeah, there are different meetups and they can always be a little bit more underground. So you're going to sort of have to chat with people, see what's going on. There might, there are probably, you know, depending on, I'm not sure where you live, but there, I guarantee that somewhere not too far away, there will be something happening. So however you can, I would say the more open that you can be about your 
uh, polyamorous identity, the more that your people will come to you. So, you know, put, put your feelers out through online spaces, get on dates, dating sites like Field, and then, you know, just going to things and making friends, this is a big one, making friends with other with other polyamorous people, even if you're not looking to date them specifically. You need to be in this community of people so that you can sort of have each other's backs and the community can grow in that way. Hmm. Well, this is something that we found. So, when we were living in New York, we were really lucky that we had this... this we, we we kind of met all these really beautiful, um, amazing community and kind of fell into this this great scene of, of just really open-minded friends and uh, who went to sex parties or who were in the poly communities. And, and we just naturally met, once we started meeting a few of these people, that whole kind of world opened up for us. Uh, but when we were moving back uh, back home to Australia, we were kind of faced with I guess starting again in some ways in terms of building that community and, and having that sense of community. And it was something that we were a little bit, uh, maybe afraid is too, too strong a word, but, but we're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe now we're going back to Australia, you know, the, the, the craziness uh, will be left behind in New York and, you know, we'll just have to go on holiday to, to kind of to get wild again. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we were lucky that that we we re- we knew enough people um, in Australia who were in these kind of open relationships, and we reached out to them and just asked, you know, how do we how do we meet people? And the first place that people told us to check out was like an online community within Australia, um, which is called Red Hot Pie. We're, we're giving a lot of shout outs to different businesses. I feel like at a certain point we need to be on the payroll here, but uh, yeah. So so uh, we, we reached out to. Um, yeah, we reached out to friends and they, they kind of pointed us in the in the direction of these communities. And just from there, we were just able to 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 kind of yeah, broaden our broaden our um uh you know, our network of, of people, like minded people. Yeah. And putting on your dating profile that you are looking for polyamorous friends. Like have that in your profile as well. Go on friend dates with poly people. Mm. That's really good. I think for us, yeah, when we came back, we were, as you just said, we we had no community here. So, yeah, a lot of it was actually the more that we could be ourselves, the more that those people came to us. And I start and, you know, with my writing and my page, um, you know, my evolving love project, sort of putting myself out there a little bit. And and the, the more you can do that, the more chances you have of, yeah, just meeting just really awesome, like-minded people. Um, so, yeah, put yourself out there and, and put the, hopefully, you know, uh, one person uh, within your within your um, kind of circle of friends or um, a family member who you have a really close relationship and you, you talk about all the things with um, who might uh, be in this kind of open relationship and and especially if they're geographically kind of close to you is just going what do you do how did you meet people how did and then and then maybe following the the, the path that they have led and see where that leads you. Another thing that I will say is if you feel comfortable, um, feel free to message me letting me know what city that you live in because we do know, we do have our non-monogamous poly community in many different cities Mm. um, in the States. So you may be from Canada, but you may be from the States. If you're from the States, we do we do know a fair few people over there, so we could probably... Are you proposing that we start an online evolving love project dating site to connect all these awesome people? 
Maybe. No, no, no definitely. Not. No, that's, <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like way too much work. Yeah, no, definitely not. Just trying to be fun, but also, you know, seriously, do message me and let me know where you are because if you are in the States, we might know some people that we could connect you with. Yes, do it. Well, I think it's time for another question. So we're going to move on to our last question um, for this episode. And it was submitted to us um, from on board a ship. Um, this person let us know that they are currently working on a ship, uh, but they wanted to, to get this question in and, and send in a, a voice memo of a really beautiful question. So we're going to get into it right now. Your podcast has helped my wife and I ask questions we didn't even know we needed the answers to. Just a quick summary on who we are. We've been married for nine years and we've got two beautiful girls. We moved our relationship in this direction almost without knowing it, naturally, probably about three years ago. It just happened while we were exploring. I do have a few questions for you guys. I know you've spoken about these points in your previous episodes, but uh, I'll ask them again now. So the first question is, how do we deal with the envy in the relationship? We have compersion, but it sometimes feels like a very lonely world when I see the amount of attention my partner gets. Obviously, there is a lot more to this, but I'd like to hear about envy. Another question is, are there any tips to help build connections with like-minded people while we're at a very still private stage in our life about A&M? We're based on the West Coast. And last question, how do you juggle the scheduling issues with someone new during that honeymoon phase when there's still a strong desire to develop the relationship? It seems like I'm taking away time from my wife and her desires. Thanks for taking the time to hear out this short memo. Cheers. Well, this is an absolutely awesome question. So thank you very much for, yeah, such a thoughtful, such a thoughtful question. I know. Questions from a ship. That's so cool. What a legend. Legend. What a legend. Um, so the, I guess there's three parts to this question. Um, and the first thing you, you mentioned was envy. And I've, uh, obviously, this is the first question from a man that we've had on the podcast. Um, so I thought I'd jump in and, and share a few thoughts on that because it's certainly something that I've noticed, um, you know, within this uh you know, within uh, our relationship style and, and how we choose to, to be in our relationship that um, Abby gets a lot of attention, uh, which is amazing. And I love her getting heaps of attention. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. And there's lots of really amazing positive elements about that. Um, but it feels, it has it often felt very female centric in terms of um, what's happening within our relationship and the kind of where all the attention is being funneled. Um, and we mentioned before that, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've now started to, to kind of have these, these um, you know, separate communications, which has been super fun. And that's kind of fueled, um, fueled a lot of my um, and kind of filled a lot of my erotic cup, which has been really amazing. Um, but it's definitely something that I've noticed is that, uh, yeah, it's, it's all very female centric. Yeah, I feel like it is a bit of a known thing that the the female uh, person in the in the couple initially, when people are opening up, can often get more of the attention. And I would just sort of say that this is sort of to do with dating across the board. It feels like there mm. are so many men out there, um, especially men who seem to be open to to dating in non monogamous spaces. Maybe then there are women, or Ooh, maybe not necessarily. That's a big call. That's okay. a big call. I what do you reckon? Is the research out? I don't know. 
the research is out that apparently women are more open to non-monogamy than men. But I just feel like on the apps, I feel like it's, an, you know, if, whether it's Tinder or or field, I just feel like there are a lot of guys out there and that there are not as many women. And so the women do get swamped. Mm, mm. And then the, the, what ends up happening with that and, and why I kind of brought that up in terms of um, answering that first part about envy is because I've certainly felt in the past quite envious um, of, of, you know, of just like all that kind of really amazing positive affirmation and, and you know, the because your selfie game is so strong. There's lots of people telling you how strong your selfie game is, which is amazing. Um, but it's it's something I've uh, I've occasionally thought, oh, you know, it'll be, I can imagine that that would be like a fun thing to... You, you know. have a strong selfie game. I mean, I, the it's selfie really game is... It's really strong. Thank you. Thank you, babe. Um, but but it's, it's, it's one of those kind of things that, you know, as men, it can be really nice to feel that kind of acknowledgement as well. And, and uh, you know, we like a, a little bit of flattery as well sometimes. We do like flattery. So I would also say that when the when you are dating in these spaces and it's, you know, maybe you're, you're a husband and a wife and your wife is getting more attention or maybe going on more dates and you might be having, you know, you might be dating a quarter of the amount that she's dating, you know, that can feel you know, I'm sure that that can feel like a big, a big imbalance. Um, I'm not quite sure what, how, it's a tricky thing because you don't want to hold your wife back or be feeling like you're sort of interfering too much. But I mean, I think for, for my husband and I, sometimes what we have done in the past is slowed down a little bit on my end I think have we done that before yeah we've definitely slowed down I think uh, I've, I've been very honest with if I feel a little bit overwhelmed by you know the, the the kind of if there's like a particular imbalance but something recently that I, I was thinking about a lot in relationship to, to one particular um, partner that you had that was kind of um, this kind of bigger more intense kind of relationship um is that i i was kind of started to have these feelings of it was it felt like a jealousy um at the time um but i i wanted to kind of look into to how i was feeling and my different emotions and 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 how that was all playing out within myself so i i, I revisited a book that's really amazing and i definitely recommend it to anyone who's interested in kind of checking out this this stuff and it's called the jealousy workbook um, and I found it super helpful it, in particular because it, it, it made the distinction between jealousy and envy. Um, so what I was feeling in those moments was not particularly feelings of jealousy because that implies that I actually don't want you to have these amazing experiences or I don't want you to have these really beautiful interactions. And it wasn't actually, that wasn't actually the feeling that I was feeling because I, I really truly did want you to have those amazing experiences and that's when it where the kind of compersion kind of overrides any kind of even semblance of jealousy for me because i i want you to be having you know um these 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 fun times but um what i was really uh, kind of identifying in my emotion was not what i thought was jealousy at the time it was actually a feeling of envy um, in the sense that, yeah, I would actually love to have that exact same thing um, as well. It was kind of like, I'd love for you to have your cake and eat it. And I'd also love to eat some cake too. Yeah. And I think it was a bit of envy that you were feeling in the sense that you wanted to also be doing those things with me. And we do do so much together, but 
sometimes those dates specifically, but then you also wanted to be having those dates as well with somebody else. Yeah. And, and that's a question of carving out time, you know, making sure that we never, uh, there, there's always a balance between the really special times that we sh- spend together. And, you know, we're, we're always going on date nights and doing all these, uh, doing all these things. But if we have a particularly busy week and we don't have any time, we maybe have one night spare where we can do something. And then you go on a date with someone else and then uh, the next week we don't have a chance to have a date night. Suddenly we're we're two weeks in and we haven't felt like we've done something you know really special for us, which we love to do. Um, so it's just a question of identifying that and going, okay, that that I'd prefer if you know if we if we went on a, a fun little date somewhere um, and making sure that happens. Mm. That one of the things that I love about non-monogamy and poly and dating and everything is that it really shows us in our own relationship where we need to put more love and attention. So the second part of this uh, question was was really great and was very nuanced and something that we actually have a bit of experience with. It was in regards to, you know, having these, uh, trying to build these connections whilst also being quite private about what's happening. Um, so that was certainly how we started. We kind of kept everything super siloed. So you know, all these different experiences that we were having were, were very much in private. We told maybe one or two friends and then we started to, yeah, then we started to, to tell uh, uh, kind of a broader um, group of our friends. Um, yeah, and we started to, to open up about these things. Um, but initially we kept these these kind of conversations and, and what we were doing and, and the different things that we're doing very private. And it did make it harder for us to, to kind of broaden our networks. Um, uh, certainly at the beginning. I will say that it can be harder to broaden the networks, but there's something really hot about having something that's so, so secret as mm. well. And it's something that I enjoyed for so long. And I think, you know, it's something that we talk about and joke about with friends. You know, it can feel like having a bit of an affair on everybody else. You know, nobody knows that there's this other side to us. I, you know, I think that's something, there's something to that as well. But, you know, it can be good to think about opening up a little bit with people and with other friends who are not non-monogamous or in the scene necessarily, but people who are open-minded and who mm. do care about you because, you know, the chances are they might also know some other people too. So it's sort of, you know, it's nice to be open to being connected to other people. I've had situations where I've met people through monogamous friends who have known other non-monogamous people and have said oh I want you to I want to put you in touch with this person or this woman I think you two would just become really good friends so there is something really positive about just carefully coming out a little bit but of course everybody's circumstance is different and this is this is a very highly stigmatized way to love still but I feel like that is starting to change I feel like we are Mm. really moving into new relationship territory quite quickly. You know, I feel like people, you know, more non-monogamous people are coming out. So the more people that come out, the more people know somebody personally who's non-monogamous, the more the stigma is going to break around it because stigma breaks when we know somebody personally. So yeah, take from that what you will, but yeah. I also, just to jump in though, I think that uh, potentially what he's asking as well within this this part of the question is just kind of maintaining privacy. And something that 
we've noticed certainly is that people are, are very discreet about this. If, if you ask um, for that level of discretion in a potential partner, people are really, um, uh, really re- respondent to that, I, I think, in, in, in our experience, because people um, just have this kind of underlying respect for each other. And if they're engaging in this type of type of situation with you um you know there's that kind of mutual understanding that they're they're being vulnerable as as well as you yeah so let's talk a little bit more practically now so how do we actually go about doing that so one thing that we we have done in the past is if we met people online and it sounds like that's probably where you're doing where you're meeting people if you're you know you're pretty closeted with your non-monogamy and you're away on a ship so probably where you know you're you're meeting people online so a good thing to do then just to get catfishes out of the ways to do like a verification photo. So this is a really common thing. Um, you know, you can ask somebody to write something down and then, you know, we know, you know, there, there are ways you might say, please hold, you know, two fingers up to your right ear while sticking out your tongue or something. I know it sounds crazy, but there are people out there who are catfishes. So that can take that out of the way. And then you might want to move off the app as soon as possible. So there is um, kick messaging, app. So a lot of people who are in non-monogamous spaces, you can move off the app and on to kick to message and it doesn't connect with your phone number as well. So it works as a, it's a messaging platform just without your phone number. Yeah. And an, another thing you can do as well um, is you don't have to have face photos. Like you could, you can still have a profile um, and just not have face photos. And that's something that we see quite commonly. Interestingly, uh, now that we're on field as well, we've noticed that a lot of people are actually sh- sharing their face photos, um, which is just a maybe kind of speaks to what you were saying before about, you know, everyone becoming this kind of becoming less stigmatized in a kind of broader sense. We actually don't have our face on our field profile, but I feel like we would be pretty easy to discover on field. Yeah, once they put a few photos together and <laughs> and deduce. Yeah, some of the photos from, yeah, that are on field are on my uh, Evolving Love Project page. So, yeah, it's not rocket science. So we come to the third part of this uh, beautiful question is how do we juggle scheduling issues um, whilst in NRE so that we're still being really uh, kind and and uh, supportive of our partner? So I would say that we're really fortunate in the sense that we um, celebrate and uh, really help to foster one another's relationships and especially in you know in the early days of new relationship energy which is a really powerful time you know there's a lot of feelings going around everywhere it's like a, we're having like a hormone chemical response to being in contact with a new partner and all of the excitement and mystery and you know you want to get to know your partner you want your new partner you want to get to spend time with them so we're really fortunate that we help each other carve out time for that so it's just a matter of looking looking at the calendar and looking at uh, take, taking into account everything that's going on, what other activities we might have that are just to do with regular friends or with uh, work or, or anticipating when we might be tired or things like that. One thing that we also do factor in um, are my hormones. So mm. that's something that we might talk a little bit more about um in another podcast but you know my hormonal shift throughout the month you know I'm more compulsive at certain times 
of the month than others. Um, I might be more open to going on a date and being with somebody at certain times of the month than other times. So we really actually factor in a whole range of things. And this is something also that I'm I'm really uh, aware of as well with your hormones. And when I'm in that kind of state of NRE and, and really excitable about this kind of new connection, it can feel like, uh, you know, that kind of uh, can override the, the critical thinking sometimes. And I have to just remind myself, you know, if if I know that it's it's a really hormonal time of the month for you and, and maybe it might not be the best time for me to organize, you know, two dates with, with a new partner or something right in the in the in the eye of the storm (laughs) the eye of the storm okay it's not that bad (laughs) I got an umbrella (laughs) yeah and I feel really comfortable to say to you you know look I'm like feeling like I'm becoming a little bit premenstrual right now so I'm really happy that you're in new relationship energy and all of that but can we just not talk about it tonight because I just want to like have dinner can we just watch a show when I don't want to be I don't need to be on the journey of your like messaging with somebody right now, but I'm happy that you're having it. But like, I'm just happy to, I'm just happy that you're happy. I'm not necessarily compulsive right now in this moment. Yeah. So, so with the scheduling, I think there's, there's probably multiple factors, um, but just to kind of keep, as, as we always say, just to keep those communication lines open with your partner and, and, uh, then you can be sensitive to each other's needs and and still revel in the glory of of new relationship energy. Yeah. And we want to hear about how it's all going from the ship. So please do keep us posted. Keep us posted. This brings us to the end of our fourth podcast episode. I will say that we did have some other questions that came in and we also had some beautiful reflections that came in. So not necessarily questions, but more uh, reflections. So we will be sharing those in future episodes of our podcast. And our next podcast should be coming out pretty soon. We've got an exciting one coming up for you for episode five. Yes, we have some friends from New York joining us. Um, they're going to be uh, joining us for a discussion about all fun things and, and uh, interesting things about non-monogamy. Yeah, our friends and lovers of ours. So Indeed. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for the next episode. We are very excited for that and we're excited to, to share a chat with them, uh, with you all. But um, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to share it with your friends um, feel free to share it with your mum uh, or your grandma. She might be into it as well. You never know. We don't want anyone to have a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll take that one back. Um, but uh, please do uh, like, subscribe, give us a rating with the Evolving Love podcast and we hope to, to hear from you soon. And please do feel free to reach out to me via my Evolving Love Project Instagram page. Uh, do send me a message if you enjoy this podcast always love to hear what you think looking forward to the next episode bye